This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. For a limited time only, get a free Utah Jazz signed Joe Ingles jersey when you open a new dream checking account with direct deposit at Cypress Credit Union. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. <laughs> good morning. I've got uh, I've got Miller in the car, and she just heard my name like through the intros, and she's like, "The Joe Ingles Show, <laughs> the Joe Ingles Jersey." <laughs> yeah, you're just dad, Joe. You're nobody to her outside of dad. No, all her friends at school call me Mister Joe Ingles, and then she comes home and like. Silly, like when she's being in a silly mood and calls me Mr. Joe Ingles. <laughs> Where does she get that sense of humor, I wonder? Yeah, she's got a bit of my uh, personality, so hopefully hopefully she, she takes more after her mother than me. It'll be a, a lot better for her in the long run. So with your personality in mind, Joe, how glad were you that Donovan Mitchell farted? I mean, started in the game. How funny was that? <laughs> How do you mix those two words up? <laughs> That's not anything like, I don't, I'm not going to try and pretend I can make up a word that sounds the same, but like that's not even, the, it doesn't even sound the same. Well, of course, and you couldn't let it go either. No way, not with those guys. I'm just going to make sure I call out everything. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. What changed? Where did they fart? Where did they start finding success? And and what do you guys do about it in game two? I'm not sure where they farted. Uh, awesome. um, thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> I once asked you a basketball coach, you've had great success, but I kind of stumbled over success and it came out, eh, maybe sex, at home. <laughs> Which the guy had well, three kids, so maybe, I guess it was accurate. <laughs> maybe... Uh, Maybe someone else would have let it go, but no matter the uh, seriousness of the situation, I ain't let that go. I knew you weren't. I was laughing while I was listening. So how much better is life after a playoff win? How much better do you feel at 1-1 than you would have at 0-2? Oh, I mean, I never ever thought about 0-2, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it feels, obviously feels good. I think we kind of got got back to our ourselves a little bit i think we um we didn't play we didn't play well um lots of turnovers i think they had like 16 17 offensive rebounds in that first game um just led to some some, well a lot of easy buckets for them with the turnovers and that so um we didn't we didn't probably move the ball as well and get the shots that we we would normally get and take um, and then, obviously, like I said, with the 
the turnovers and that too. Um, we were just kind of on the back foot a little bit, I think, with with their um, energy in, in pushing the ball and running and, and like I said, off off turnovers and, and those like offensive rebounds and stuff. It's hard to, to play we wanted the way we wanted to play. So um, it was good to have have Donovan back out there and have a another. Um, another target, another uh, attacking um, guard who obviously they have to heavily respect. And um, yeah, we got, I think we got back to our, ourselves a little bit from that first game. So I was interested to see how Mitchell would do right from the start, you know, because five weeks is a long time without going and playing NBA ball and nothing you can do can recreate that. But the thing that I thought was great for him is that he looked like he hadn't really missed a beat. He came back. He didn't play as many minutes, obviously. But when he first got out on the floor, hits the three, I thought, wow, that that's the Mitchell that I saw back in April before he got hurt. How much of a boost and a jolt do you think that provided the team? Yeah, I mean, I think regardless if he was out another game or two or whatever the situation was, I think we would have been better in that. Was, was unbelievable and um, maybe a part of that too that the energy in there was, was obviously him him being back and, and healthy um, but yeah like you said just just to have him out there and um, obviously he's still been around our group so we still we still kind of had him around a bit but um, I mean I was probably the happiest out of anyone to not have to bring up the ball every possession so um, yeah it was, it was great to have him out there like you said I think he the, the first few possessions, he kind of just, just let it come to him. He didn't try and force it. He didn't try and kind of come out with a bang and, and, and be super aggressive. He let the game come to him. And I think he got like a catch-and-shoot three at some point in those first few minutes. And I think once that once he saw that go down, I, I think it was kind of, like you said, like it just get kind of right back into where he, where he left. So um, obviously he was on a bit of restriction. Um, I don't know how long. That will last, or or what the case with that is. But obviously, the the more he's out there, the the better it is for our team. So I wonder how much of game two was you guys feeling? Uh, I don't know if desperation is the right word. Urgency, feeling urgency because you lost game one. That always seems to happen in the playoffs. But this seems different than most playoff series because I think a big part of game one. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of game one was. Your preparation. We always hear you play better when you have more preparation, and yet you found out you didn't have Donovan just a couple hours before the game. So you shoot around, you practice. The preparation wasn't the same, and I think that led to problems. Do you feel like that lack of preparation led to problems? Yeah, I mean, it was a, a little bit of a surprise. Like, like he said, and I think a couple other guys said, like we assumed he was playing. Um, I went to have a little lay down for half an hour and I woke up, well, I closed my eyes for a bit, I don't know if I fell asleep, but woke up and, and obviously found out he wasn't playing, so um, uh, especially, I think for me, it probably makes the biggest difference in terms of my role. My role's very different with a full roster compared to, to one or two guys being out, so um, but I mean, it, it, I mean, it's no excuse, it's, I mean, we've played a lot of basketball without Donovan this last few weeks and um, I mean, you've got to give a, a bit of credit to them. I mean, they came out, they had to fight their asses off to, to win these last two games in the, the plane to get in and, and obviously did that. We're playing some good basketball and came in confident. And I mean, 
what we, I think we had a week off, so we were kind of sitting around waiting for our opponent for a bit. So, um, I mean, there's a, a mix of probably a few things, but, uh, there, I mean, there's no excuse. I think we we had enough time to prepare. We had enough time to rest. We had enough time to, to do all those things. And obviously the, the only thing that kind of took its time was, was finding out who we were playing. Uh, apart from that, we, we were able to do everything else. So, um, I mean, guys are, guys are in and out in an NBA season a lot. And so, I mean, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I think they came out ready to play. Like I said, we, we, we had X amount of turnovers and X amount of offensive rebounds, which I think really helped the, the way they played. I think we, we cleaned a lot of that stuff up um, and we're obviously adjust. And uh, like I said, I think we played a lot more like ourselves in the, in the second game. So Moran has been sensational in both games. Brooks has been pretty good. Valanciunas has been pretty good. How much concern do you have defensively to make sure you keep those guys under control a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, it's Moran's a good example of one of those kind of the high volume, like he has the ball so much that, that there's going to be times where you obviously want to limit your breakdowns as much as, or not even breakdowns, but limit his um, kind of aggressiveness as much as you can, um, but but he does have the ball a lot, and he's gonna same with Brooks and same with Valanciunas. They're gonna post Valanciunas a lot. They're gonna run the sets for for Moran and for for Brooks. So we've got to be locked in on on kind of those guys, and then obviously another key is is not letting other guys get off. It's different if if Moran has forty something and and two or three other guys have twenty something. Like it's a it's a different game. So um, obviously with Brooks was foul trouble. We were, we were able to kind of keep him out of the game a little bit. Um, Nolan Tunis had some foul trouble, and obviously Moran kind of put it on himself to, to take over, I guess. Um, so we, we just got to make it tough for him. Um, like I said, they're going to play high minutes. They're going to play, obviously, high volume with, with the amount those, those two and three guys have the ball. So um, for, for us, we know we're a deep team. We can put different guys on them. We can, we can play the way we play, and make them defend on the other end and, and like I said, just, just make it as, as tough as we can for, for the, the 40 plus minutes those guys are out there. So when Memphis comes out in the third quarter and scores on 15 consecutive possessions to open the quarter, it took you guys eight minutes to get a stop. There were a couple timeouts in there. I'm just wondering, how much fun was Quinn in the timeouts? <laughs> it's always fun in timeouts. Um, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, they, I mean, we obviously weren't getting stopped. The, the the thing that held us in it a little bit, we, we were scoring a little bit too. Obviously, the lead got cut cut to whatever it did to at the end of that quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be something. I mean, we can't. I don't know if that. I would be surprised if that happened at all all year. Really, um, it's probably the first time fifteen straight possessions is. Um, Obviously, an obvious sign that we, we, we needed to pick it up or whatever the case was, be more aggressive, be more physical. Um, I'm sure and have no doubt we'll watch parts of that at some point uh, today or tomorrow or the next day um, leading into this next game just, just to see um, what we can do better. Obviously, there's, there's times in games that things happen. You Obviously, we're going to give up points. We're not going to hold them to zero, but there's, there's a lot of things we can do, to, like I said, to, to make it tougher or, or harder on these guys to, to score or to get a good shot. So um, that's what it 
I mean, it's a series. Um, that's what the series is about. You make adjustments on the fly and adjustments in games and adjustments on your, your day off. And um, so like I said, we'll no doubt we'll uh, we'll see see some of those clips and then we'll figure out what we were doing and, and obviously try to be better for, for the next one. So tell us how it all came about with you obviously knowing the Jordan Clarkson thing and then the league must have got with you or something <laughs> and then you you basically you tell him and that was a that was a unique moment especially because you were also on the list. And so in my mind, Joe, you may not be the sixth man of the year, but you're the seventh man of the year. I know, I should get a trophy or something. Exactly, sure. yes, no uh, question. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I said it at one point, like, I was surprised. Um, I didn't even know I was in the running or whatever. I, like I said, I've never played for anything like that. And, um, yeah, it was a cool... It was a cool moment, I guess, for me, and I'll probably look back on when I retire. It was, it was a cool moment just to, to even be in a conversation, I think the impact that we both make and, and the pride we have of coming off the bench and, and um, obviously we, we make an impact in different ways. Um, him, what, what he does and the scoring and aggressiveness he brings is uh, is unique. I don't think you'll you'll ever see another player like JC. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I was <laughs> even though I was in contention for it, I was very confident JC was going to win regardless. Um but yeah, I just got, um, I guess I got asked, um, or told that JC had won and um, and then asked if I would be happy to, to present it to him. And um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I think you see a lot of these these trophies or situations get presented by family or, or someone from higher up in the organization or, or something like that. And um, I mean, it's very obvious that, that JC and I are, are very close and... and speak a lot and like I said I mean it's funny he's probably the one that's made and, and helped me feel a lot more comfortable coming off the bench and being proud to come off the bench and make an impact and trying to figure out how to make an impact coming off the bench so um, yeah it was cool to, to sit in there with him and we just um, obviously we I, I knew what the questions were <laughs> um, which is also why I got the first answer very quickly um, and then yeah just just a, a, a pretty cool moment. I, I was like, it was an honour to, to sit in there with him and, and to give him the trophy. Like I said, to, it's normally a family member or, or something like that. I think it was with Julius Randall's um, his, his kid. His, I think it was his son. Um, got gave him his most improved and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was awesome. Like I said, to to hand it to him because we are close and um, obviously being kind of. First and second in those votes was uh, was a cool moment. So I'm very very happy that he he won it. He, he deserves it. Um, and man, next time I if I realise it's so close next time, I just won't pass him the ball as much. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're very close to Jordan Clarkson, and then unexpectedly you're you're very close to Dylan Brooks. I mean, that's what I assumed. I saw he wanted a piggyback ride in the middle of the game. Oh, you flopped on that one, Joe. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He landed on my head. <laughs> like, actually on my head. Like, I mean, I had a lot of uh, hate mail on my Twitter account after the game from, I'm assuming, uh, Memphis fans. But um, obviously I wasn't trying to hurt him. Or like, it was a, when you look back, it looked, I mean, it was, it was I didn't realize how high he jumped. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, it's like any situation when someone, someone jumps and and you've got a chance to to be able to get those three shots. I was trying to obviously draw a foul and get those three shots. Obviously, there was zero intention to to hurt him as much as we've gotten into it. The probably the whole time we've played each other the last few years. Um, yeah, there's obviously zero intentions to to hurt someone, but just yeah, just trying to make a play to to get those free throws and. I mean, I got the free throws, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I definitely didn't realise how how high he jumped until until after. Did you say anything? Because you like to talk in those situations. I'm surprised you didn't scream and three. No, actually, um, actually, really hurt my elbow. I landed on the corner of the floor or something, something whatever was down there. Um, so I actually hurt my elbow. So I was more worried about my elbow, to be honest. So, best trash talk of the game, does it go to Donovan? Because we got the second foul on Brooks. Uh, the cameras were on him, and Twitter, you've probably seen it, came alive with the exact quote, which was very Joe Ingles-ish. Um, I'm taking no responsibility for the words that came out of his mouth. <laughs> so, any, any people out there that want to blame me can go to uh, wherever they want to go to. Um <laughs> I'm on his ass. I'm on his ass. Get him the bleep out. <laughs> Donovan was suddenly much more popular, which is hard to believe, but true. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Yeah. Amazing the things we come up with in the, in the heat of the moment in these games. So that now, was uh, go ahead. credit to him. Good on him. So you go back to Memphis, and you know home court is a big deal and all that stuff. How do you stay in the moment? and not get it beyond the actual play, the actual game, as opposed to, oh, we got to get one at least, and you got to get home and all that stuff, and got to four, as far as making sure you're not getting beyond what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's possession by possession. We just got to, um, like I said, we'll, we'll watch the film from the other, well, last night, um, and, and no doubt, as always, there's things that we can work on and fix and get better at and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll do that. Um, obviously, the the focus is today having a bit of recovery and rest and um, kind of get what you need to do. And then obviously come in tomorrow and get organised and play and film and do what we do and and then uh, and then head out to the the plane. So um, yeah, we'll use the data to get ready this morning uh, to to rest and recover this morning and then. And then just get ready. You kind of take it one game at a time. Obviously, you want to try and well, we, we obviously want to win both. But you go in and focus on that first one, and um, and the result happens. And then we we do the same thing. I mean, it's it's a very cliche, boring answer, but it's kind of the way it has to be with um, with a series like this. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Craig Bolajak wanted to uh, make sure you got the shout-out for uh, giving your teammate the trophy. He thought that was cool, and he wasn't uh, messing around when he said it. So nice job of that. Nice job of the W, and we will talk to you again in another week. You will. I uh, appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Joe. Joe Ingles joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. Not quite sure how Grizzly fans could be... Well, I mean, they could be mad at him for other stuff that happened in the game. Oh, are you kidding? When I was on Twitter and I looked at it last night, right right off the bat, the guy who does uh, uh, 11-2 show 
He tweeted out, all refs are just making up for Mitchell not being there and giving him all the calls that he's missed the last five weeks by not playing. <laughs> when they waved off the hoop, which then they re- they they changed it early in the game on the three and the five, it was clear he got fouled in the shooting motion. That wasn't even close. Uh, yeah, That would have been an NCAA you, or high school you continuation. You see what you see. You uh, hear what so. you hear. Mm-hmm. And then it had a whole bunch of stuff of all these Memphis people that – just went off on the refereeing, blah, 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 blah. So what do you mean? That's what they see, what they hear, what they're fans. Don't you think, though, that these they're going to have to call less fouls in the games going forward? 69 is a lot, and these two games have definitely been impacted early. Yeah, I don't care, though. It's a Saturday. I don't have to get up early. That's not what I'm talking about, and you know it. Well, that ancillary fact is true. Last night I tweeted, don't these refs know it's a work day for us here? No, no. I mean, we're not the only ones who have to get up early. Everybody pretty much does to go to work. And, geez, get on with it. Yeah, and then, that's what I said, the idea of foul trouble dictating games is just really under my skin because I just don't see where somebody should be limited. There should be potential penalties uh, if you keep uh, over six fouls or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, but what do you do, though? I don't think they're going out of their way to, man, let's just call this really tight because this series is nasty. I don't don't see that at all. We don't got the bad boys here. There were some touch fouls early in the game. Both ways. I thought well, it was just Well, that one Gobert, he gets the block tight. shot going across the middle. It's like say. he just barely grazed the bicep yeah. or something. If he even got him. Yeah, and then, and, yeah. There so were I multiple refs. There were multiple calls made by refs that were out of their area. You know, and you're out of your area and you got a chance to be screened off, and the guy was right there didn't call anything, and you're out of the area and you do, and you're like, come on, guys. What did you see? Yeah, right, exactly. Moving along here. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zones listeners to step up and donate today. That is A-R-U-P. When we return, everything you missed in this show, next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK. What? Look at the weather out there. That looks like baseball weather to me. Oh, certainly, yeah. You name it. Looks like any kind of weather, but baseball. Golf weather, hiking weather, anything outdoors. The weather's good. It's the time of year to live here. Give it a few more weeks. It'll be really hot, but right now it looks nice. As me and Dwayne are finding out. Huh. It's time to be in Utah. My buddy Dwayne. Just keep dropping his name. <laughs> You're going to golf with him you, one day. You have to imagine it in order for it to happen. True story. Visualization, very powerful. But it's about baseball now. we got tickets to see the Bees tonight. They're opening the gates, PK. Wide open. Yeah, it's great news. If you want to go to the game tonight and get your t- tickets at slbees.com 
Or you can be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. We got four tickets to give away, 855-340-ZONE. Call right now, be caller number 12, and you're going to the game tonight. Open in a homestand, they're going to be here throughout the holiday weekend. Uh-huh. Sunday and Monday are matinees. Correct. Tonight, Friday, Saturday, prime time, under the lights. Well, eventually. It doesn't get dark till halfway through the game. Correct. <laughs> yeah. 6.30 to start tonight. We got four tickets. 855-340-ZONE. Time to catch up on everything we've been talking about yeah, in know. this show. It's obviously jazz. You know why they won? They scored more points no. than their opponents. My hoodie. Really? This is my lucky hoodie. The ones they gave they gave it to uh, they gave it to us. Uh, was it for Christmas? Five for the fight hoodie. Yeah. It's got the uh, yeah. the state logo with the basketball seams on it and the yellow, orange, and red colors. I love this hoodie. That's the best color combo. I mean, the Jazz colors over the years. I mean, how many teams have worn gold and green and purple and white? And blue. <laughs> but this is the best. It's, it's Red Rock. It's Sunsets. It's Utah. The more they wear these colors, the better. Okay, if you like this, fine. I mean, that's a personal touch. Uh, whatever you, what your preference is, that's fine with me. But they do not lose when I wear this one. And I said, i got to break this out, man. They need this game. How many in a row can it win, though? I mean, because yeah, it's easy wear, to say. I don't wear it all the time, though. Right, I know, because here's the thing. If you wear it all the time, it won't go undefeated. Eventually, its power will be beaten down. Okay, so if you win nine out of ten, you take it. Right. So I'm just curious how often you feel like. Well, you I'm can not going to wear it Saturday. Okay. But I don't want to go down three one, so I'll wear it Monday. If they lose Saturday, it'll be out Monday. But if they win Saturday, you'll give it Monday off, right? Yes. Reserve its powers for the critical game five if it's two two. That is a critical game. You're right in that situation. We'll see how this series develops. I mean, obviously, I would love to see them win the next three. I wouldn't bet on it. And that's no knock against them. That's more of a compliment towards the Grizz. I think they're a heck of a ball club. I mean, they're an eighth-place team, so I don't want to go crazy. But yeah, but in they're, a, they're but a in, good eighth-place team. This has happened in the West or before. Ninth, when when Oklahoma City was on the rise with Durant, there was one year they won 50 and were the eighth seed. We've seen years where the eighth seed is really a pretty good team. Which I think that's great for the league. Well, you... you know, I think it's great for the league, well, man. Well, it's, it's great it's that... Great it, for me, because I want competition. Right, but what it often means is there's nine or ten good teams in one conference, and there's three or four well, in the that, other. So that's right. up to the others. I mean, I can't... that Whatever one there, that's their deal. they got to get better. But it's like the... I like it like NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs, for me, first wild card, wild card game is huge. Every NFL playoff game. Now, the game may not be, but it just seems like it's such a big deal, the NFL playoffs, every single game. And obviously it progresses. And that's what I would like to see in NBA playoffs. Now, I know you're a Jazz fan, and that means you want them to win, so you just as soon see a blowout all the time. I get all that. But for me, I want to see competition. And so far, I'm two for two in the competition. Oh, I think in this series, uh, because you do have a quality eight seed, there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, I mean, you could never rule out one blowout. I mean, I can't say every game's going to be competitive, but it's what I expect when every game starts. And you can't say that about other series. I didn't think the Nets and Celtics would be very competitive, and they haven't been. Miami's and Milwaukee's been hit and miss. Uh, but I think these Western series... Yeah, who cares these, about the East? Right, these Western know. series, they're largely going to be pretty competitive. Yeah, and I think the Jazz will be better for it. Because whoever they get in the second round 
that's going to feel really good about themselves. Think about that. Either Dallas has taken out the Clippers in advance, so they feel very good about themselves. That's just a given. Or the Clippers have gotten off the deck after losing two home games. Exactly. Because the Clippers now have to win four out of five. So they'll be coming in on fire. If you come back from 0-2 and win, you're probably not thinking, boy, we really sucked what we were doing down 0-2. You're thinking, look at us. Who cares? Our backs are against the wall, and we delivered. Precisely, yes. What have you done for me lately, Territory? And in that case, that's all positive. Right. So... I think this is a this is a great tune-up. I even hesitate to call it a tune-up. It's a great series to prepare you for what is to come. Because you would face that either way. There's just no way you're going to waltz through. I don't even know if you waltz through second rounds in an average, uh, generally speaking, NBA playoff Western Conference. So this is going to set them up. And they need to get better. Uh, defensively, obviously, try to find ways to limit Morant and and Brooks. I, I got to see Brooks a little bit more. How much of him is him being his success is being a front runner? So, you know, we've seen Clarkson go 0 for seven and have massive games. Have we seen Mitchell not have great shooting percentage games, but hit big shots? I wonder, Brooks, if he's capable. So my point being, find a way to, to get, get, in, get on top of him uh, early and see how he responds. Now, to his credit, he had some foul trouble last night, and he still responded. You gotta you give it, especially up, for a second round pick. You got to give it to him, man. This is a, a little detail that kind of gets lost in everything, but he sits in the first half, and they're down 20, and he's got the three fouls, and he barely plays. Seven or eight minutes, something like that. And... The third quarter, it's like three minutes in, he picks up the fourth foul. They could have taken him out, but they knew they didn't dare. They knew the game was already in danger of slipping away, and they know the Jazz are a great third quarter team, blow teams out then. And like, we better just go for it now. What are we saving him for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go for it, and it works out. Great move. Number one, he doesn't pick up the fifth and the sixth foul, and, and he could have been gone from the game for good in the third quarter, right? Or maybe they would have had to sit him with the fifth one. But he doesn't get it then. They certainly would have sat him with the fifth one. And they score on every possession until the four-minute mark of the third quarter and get back in the game. So they rolled the dice, and they won. But as so often happens, you know, it's a game of runs, and they were down 20, and they got it to two, and then the Jazz pulled away and won by double digits. Yeah, I think that he's the proverbial guy that you love to hate but would love him on your team type of player. Yeah, so clearly. I don't know if you're going to really – you can slow Morant a little bit and maybe shots just don't fall. The fate of the shot doesn't go in. Uh, but I think you can get a better handle on Brooks. Well – You've had two chances, and the only handle you got on him was getting him in foul trouble and putting him on the bench. And that worked. It's an easy case to be made that that was the difference in the game. And I think that's going to be a key because I don't think Memphis is that deep with quality players at this level that you need, whereas the Jazz are. Obviously, their depth is much, much better. Uh, So if you can limit one of their guys and really put them in a bind because it seems like going forward they're going to need pretty doggone good games out of the two, uh, Morant and Brooks, and then down low, Valanciunas. And if either, or excuse me, any of those three is off, your chances of going on to win, I think, rise. 
substantially. So make sure one of them is off. Mm-hmm. Problem is, they haven't been off in two games in Utah. Are they going to go home and play worse? Maybe they will. Maybe you'll come up with something. Well, it's up to you to help them play worse. You just don't go, uh, well, are they going to play worse? I mean, you got to you got to make them play worse. And now, and I agree with what Joe Ingles is saying that the ball is in Morant's hands so much, as it should be, uh, that he's probably going to get his. What you don't want is 32 points on 17 shots. Either he needs to be a little less efficient or you need to make sure nobody else gets going at all, which is back to your point about Brooks and Valanciunas. And you know the guys. One thing that makes me a little nervous is some of their role players. You know, by definition, they're going to be inconsistent. That's why they're role players. So Grayson Allen, you know, he had big, big shots in that elimination game with the Warriors. And then we see he didn't hit anything against the Jazz in game two. Now he's going home, probably going to be more comfortable and all that. So you've got to be aware of them too. You can't let Bain and some of these guys who are nobodies in the grand scheme of things have some bigger games for you because that can make a difference. Keys in this game, early fourth quarter when the Jazz, they had started to take control of it late in the third, but early fourth, they got stops, multiple stops in a row, and Gobert got a dunk, and Gobert got another dunk, and Mitchell got a three-point play, and that gave them the cushion they rode to the end of the game. Exactly. The guys you want to come up big came up big, and they didn't wait till the last second to do it. And it's dramatic when that happens, but you're the one and they're the eight. You're supposed to take care of it a little earlier. You know what's crazy? Is that the third quarter starts, from the Jazz perspective, I feel great. Third quarter ends, from the Jazz perspective, I feel great about their chances of winning. But during the quarter, I don't feel good at all. <laughs> it, it started to turn around that, like, kind of between two and four minutes left in the quarter. Because the lead got down to two, but they were starting to get stops. And by the end of the quarter, they had the lead back to six. Uh, but I don't know that I felt that good about them winning it when the fourth quarter started. Uh, I felt, I felt good. better. I felt better because I did feel like they're starting to get their arms around the game. But the, the, those first three minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, that was, uh, there was a lot okay. of confidence. I felt because I thought that there's no way the Grizzlies are going to recreate the fourth and the third, the yeah. third and the fourth. That comes back the to the law of numbers. Right. The law of numbers, they're not going to do back to back 43 point no. quarters. They had go, going for They them. had their shot and they still didn't have the lead. In so, fact, they even had a deficit. So if you're really looking. That was bigger than two points. And a big stretch. It was the end of the second quarter when they're up 14 with like three and a half minutes to go. And they hadn't finished the first quarter quite the way you wanted. And I think Reggie Miller even said it feels like the Jazz could be up 20 or 25 right now. And sure enough, they pushed the lead to 20. You didn't go with Bullard, Jack, and Harper? No, I followed you, man. I was switching back and forth. I didn't last night. I need to hunker down on Oh, you hunkered with the locals, huh? I, I did not. No, I'm superstitious. They hung, I hunkered with the locals, and they didn't deliver a win. So well, you know why I did I that? It's because I was flicking back and forth between the Diamondbacks and the Giants game. And on my, on my direct, they're right next to each other. And I realized I could have hit previous channel, but uh, it's it's like six eighty six dash one, so you can't. Uh, it just doesn't work that way because I can't go from one to the other without going down. So that's why. And plus, I love my guys. I'm a team player. They're the best. 
<laughs> you suck up. <laughs> no, they're the best. I stand by it. I don't want some outside guys who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> now, if it was DB, that would be another story. Oh, because it's not outside guys. It's an outside gal. Well, D- no, DB's on the inside. <laughs> She's really good. So DB's all things to all people. She's DB. Doors barked for the win. DJ PK brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday at The Warehouse from 2 to 6 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! When we come back, your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. It's disgusting that just a year ago, it was no big deal for LeBron and Westbrook and most of the NBA that businesses were being looted and burned. But now it's an NBA emergency because Westbrook gets popcorn dumped on his head. The Donald here. Love what I saw in game two. Totally fantastic. No sleepy Joes. No impartial Francis or Francais. Go, go snag dog. Gotta love the jazz. Great win. Gobert was a beast in the pick and roll. Conley was awesome. Love to see Spider back. Um, I think we got to start getting the ball out of Morant's hands, whether that's you know blitzing the pick and roll or just make him more of a shooter. We got to get him under control, man. Rudy, 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 Rudy. As most of you know, I believe in change. And what I saw from our Utah Jeff from game one to game two was great. However, got to believe in change. Yeah! Woo! Let's go, Jazz, baby! Yeah, have you been collecting these all morning and holding out on it? So the in, our email feed that holds these yeah. usually updates very quickly, but these actually also updated in like the last hour. So I know a number of you sent them in earlier in the show. My apologies for that, but they did not show up until this final hour. I wish we'd been able to play some of those for Joe because I think he would have laughed. Joe makes us laugh every once in a while. We should crack him up. Reward him for showing up here. And he would have he laughed at some of that stuff. Sometimes I thought we should have more than... Th- 15 seconds available to him, but on that Rudy one, I'm glad we didn't. I kind of got the point after like seven seconds. Rudy, Rudy, <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. See, this is just our personalities. That was like torture, As though. soon as he started, I thought, I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't do this the whole time until the system cuts right, him off at 15 seconds. but we didn't seconds. need 15. We got the point at seven. Doesn't matter. You got you to go all the way no, to 15. I, you got to stay on the bull for eight seconds. No, the... My, or the open mic for 15. My attention span, the older I've gotten, I mean, it just is gone. Anything beyond a knock-knock joke, I check out. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell me a story, it better be Get quick. right to it. Yes. Let's go. Right. All right, DJ and PK reminding you to uh, help out ARUP over the holiday weekend. ARUP needs your help. Donating blood before a long weekend is critical. Please donate blood over the Memorial Day weekend. Call to make an appointment today at 801-584-5272 or online at utahblood.org. ARUP needs the Zones listeners to step up and donate today. That's A-R-U-P. 
Got a lot of people tweeting at us. Uh, I've been in an NBA time capsule since 1999, just say it, tweets in. Since when did the Harlem Globetrotters become the status quo for the league? What are we talking about? Wild shots, crazy entertainment. They want grinded out hoops, I guess. I don't know what else they're getting oh, at. back and down and three guys pointing to well, somebody standing Well, there's a little the bit key. of that going on. Uh, Bojan does do a little back and down. He's peeking over his left One shoulder. Dude. He's picking over and his it's left our shoulder. team, so I don't mind it. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to spin over the right, and then the help's coming to block the shot there. I mean, it's very choreographed. Well, nobody knows how to defend it because we haven't seen mode. it for 10 years. James says, my reaction to this game, Memphis played extremely well and still lost by 12. Jazz win in five. Five. Well, that's, that's the best case scenario, sweet. right? Obviously, yeah, you can't do any better the, than that. The one thing, and I mean, I like a lot of the stuff Brooks brings to it, but he's clearly gotten under the jazz player's skin, and that's a positive if it breaks somebody's down, but if you don't have enough talent or if they're mentally tough or both, all you do is make sure that they really, really want to put you away. And Donovan Mitchell, whether it was in earlier games in the regular season or whether it was being frustrated sitting there in game one, Brooks hadn't even done anything, and he was under Donovan's skin in Game 2. He hadn't done anything in Game 2. Maybe he got under his skin in Game 1 when, when Donovan couldn't well, he play. he headbutted somebody. Who did he headbutt? Mike Conley. Conley, okay. Yeah. And it was like to the shoulder. It wasn't head-to-head. It was a weird deal. But it was a headbutt. It, it was, was. head. It was. A it headbutt was, doesn't have to be head-to-head. It was a weird deal. Does it? I think technically a headbutt, it's your forehead. Yes. Once you use your forehead, it's a by definition, it's a legal headbutt. Right. Which is illegal. You can't stick your finger in another guy's ear, and you can't headbutt. But apparently you can kick to the groin. (laughs) If you're (laughs) shooting. If you're shooting. Uh, Good stuff. At Dehatch14 says the Nets will average 160 points per game if they play the Jazz in the NBA Finals. The Jazz score 161. Who cares? (laughs) And I'll t- I'll take at this point I'll take a finals loss. Yeah, I was about to say that means the Jazz are in the NBA Finals. Right? Did they just beat the Mavericks or the Clippers, and then they beat the Lakers or Nuggets or Blazers? Whoever it turns out to be, if they beat the Lakers in the Western Conference Final, what do you care at that? Call point? it good. <laughs> so we're not interested in advancing. We're good. Well, that happened once before, and it turned out people have kind of held on to it for a quarter of a century. So that sounds good right now, but I'm not sure it'll be true. Yeah, but I look at things differently. Jeff says, our Jazz defense is confused. We think Steph actually won the play in, and we're guarding one of the worst three-point shooters in the league as if he's Steph. Well, I'm not sure that's true. I saw the Jazz go under on screens multiple times. And he made the shots. He did make the shot, man. Yeah. You have to tip your cap he made a kid. three early in the third quarter that helped start that run. That energized him. Like, sweet, if Jaws going to hit that shot, we're... I mean, he gets that shot down, how are you going to defend him? It's clear he doesn't really want to shoot. He looks a little, little stiff when he shoots it. He does. But it's a, not like Steph. But, but he, he had a couple of them go in. in, and, in yeah. yeah, He's had a heck of a two games. No doubt about it. And you got to get a handle on him. Yeah, that uh, ESPN stuff I told you about earlier, they do all the stats and all the what. His first two NBA playoff games. And he's gone for, I think, what is it, 73 points now? And the only player who's... George Mikan. Yes, no. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, wow. That is the answer. Oh, oh my gosh. That was the ultimate pull out of you know what. 
I'm not afraid, said Morant, who's 73 points so far in this series, are only two points shy of Hall of Fame center George Mikan's record <laughs> for the most ever in a player's first two playoff games, according to ESPN's stats and information what, research. 45, 46 or something? Uh, early 50s, I think. Okay. Yeah, uh, 51, somewhere in there. He, he, they won five out of six titles in the early 50s to mid-50s. So, so uh, maybe the Jazz could slow him down a little bit. Funny. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're all done. Hands of Scott here up next with more on the playoffs right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.